This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Rick Siegmund. Rick Siegmund. He is stuck brick and mortar business. That is his focus. So congratulations, Rick. If you guys want to win 100 bucks every Monday on the show, in order to enter, simply subscribe to the show on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444. Folks, many of you reach out to me and you say, Nathan, so many guests on your show talk about the importance of batching. But whenever I try and batch, you tell me this. You go, Nathan, they don't book back-to-back times. So you, or they don't show up after they book. It's frustrating. The answer is, guys, you have to use smart tools. I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. I'll tell you specifically how I use it later on in the episode. Nathan Latka here. This is episode 545. Coming up tomorrow morning, we will hear from Josh Muccio, one of the founders of The Pitch Podcast, which made 80 grand in year one sponsor revenue. By the way, do you guys ever wonder how much I make? I can't tell you, but I tell you what, it's a lot. It is a lot. They made 80K their first year in revenue and they passed 700,000 downloads. See how they did it tomorrow morning. Nathan Latke here. Good morning, guys. Our guest today is Gal Harsby, and I think you're gonna really enjoy him. He's a passion entrepreneur who lives and breathes B2B sales, marketing, and everything in between. He's one of the founders of Valoshine Ventures, a technology holding company and a successful online marketer in various software categories and verticals. He's currently the CEO and founder of a company called Unami, which we're gonna talk about more here in a second. Gal, are you ready to take us to the top? Definitely. All right, let's rock and roll. So tell us what Unami does and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? So it's actually Unami and not Unami, but many people tend to do this. Uh, Thanks for correcting me. (laughs) Sure. So what we're doing, we're providing a sales intelligence solution and we're making money by selling annual subscriptions. Okay, so it's a SaaS business. It is. Okay. Walk us. so, So give us some more context here. What year did you launch the business in? Sorry? What year did you launch the business in? We launched at 2014, early 2014. And what was and your... we launched... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we launched it early 2014. We've raised the, the first couple of uh, after about six months, about almost two and a half years ago. And we launched the current uh, version or the, with the current focus on enterprise sales about a year ago. So when we started... It was not very focused on sales intelligence. It was a, a more holistic solution to research companies and industries. And for the past year, we've been very focused on, on sales and, and we are in the sales intelligence category. Now. So what was your first year revenue? Do you remember 2014? Uh, it was none, actually. We were very focused on building the, the product. Uh, it took some time to gather all this tremendous amount of information that we have today about companies and, and the employees so it took about a year to build uh, the first database for the initial database and the interface and then we had a beta version uh, a pilot for for about four months with just a couple of tens of, of companies uh, so in the first year we didn't make uh, any revenue also in the second year 
uh, we started with a freemium model, which wasn't very successful for us. And only this year, about 11 months ago, we completely changed the business model and switched into an annual subscription in, uh, with um, an inside sales team and more of an enterprise sales approach. So fast forward then in 2015, what was your total revenue? Total revenue, just a couple of tens of thousands. Okay, so call it maybe 30 grand? Yeah, and then, some, something like that. And then I know you par. I know I know you Europeans. You guys party hard over there. So what are you going to be? What, what revenue number in 2016? If you hit, will you be partying very hard? Uh, maybe <laughs> it's a bit difficult for me to disclose it, the, the, like the exact amount, but uh, it's in the low millions. Okay, low. So so call call it two million, something like that. Yeah. And in is most of this, are you doing any kind of small business or, or mid-market sales anymore? Or is it almost exclusively enterprise? So we actually in the process of right now, we, we're still doing both and we'll probably have a, a diversity of, of customers in the future as well. But we're switching to more to larger and larger accounts as we move forward. When, when it started, uh, like two years ago, when it started to sell, we, we used to sell the product for $50 a month. And then we started to sell annual subscriptions for uh, like $3,000 annually. Today, it's like, uh, it's about 10 times more uh, on average. Okay. So, so on average, a customer is paying you 30 grand a year? Right. Yes. Right now. It wasn't like that when we started. It wasn't like that uh, even a couple of months ago. So it okay. keeps changing. And how many current customers are you serving here in December 2016? Just over 100. Okay, so about a hundred of them. Great, that makes good sense. And then a funding history. Are you guys have you raised capital? Or are you bootstrapped? Yeah. Yes, we did. So to date, we've raised three point four million dollars from three VCs. Okay, and what I assume what you did a seed in Series A. What we did is we did a seed and then a few convertible notes. Yes, uh, CLAs, and now we're doing our Series A. Okay, so you, you haven't done a priced round yet, then. Yes, that is correct. Okay, got it. So you're doing your Series A. You said you're doing your Series A now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're planning to launch it in the next couple of weeks. What's your, what are you seeing in the market right now? It, obviously, you're doing it, so you think it's a good time to raise capital. What do you like? Uh, actually, we see a lot of investments uh, lately in our space and the sales intelligence space and in the lead scoring or predictive intelligence space. There are tons of companies raising uh, money. There, there are Series A, Series Bs. Uh, there's a lot of money being invested in, in our market today yeah, right name, now. So name it's a few actually of those. A, a great time. Uh, here in, in Israel, there are two that uh, Mintigo and Leadspace that are, are now doing their Series Bs and Cs. Uh, a lot of companies have raised money recently. Um, Mattermark, Datanize, um, Oils, uh, a lot of player players. Uh, KaiDesk, uh, a lot of our competitors. Uh, yeah. DataFox. Many have raised their money in the past couple of months. And what are you, well, what, like how much are you looking to raise? Uh, we'll probably raise an additional, uh, probably around 5 million, yeah. 5 to 6 million. Yeah, that makes sense. And what were you, and you can speak generally here or be specific, how does a founder like you doing, you know, around 2 million bucks in ARR, how, how do you value the company? What valuation will you try and get? Uh, it's, it's, I, I prefer not, not to disclose right now because it's, 
we are doing a round right now, so it's probably well. Tell that, that's why. I, and that's why I said talk about it in generalities if you need to. How, how do you like? What yeah. should other SaaS CEOs listening that are about your size? How should they think about raising capital in terms of valuation? To be honest, it's really hard to tell because when, when we when you meet investors, some investors will tell you just let's look at your ARR and multiply it by eight, by ten, by twelve, by twelve, whatever that makes sense to them. Another way to approach it is just to look at other uh, uh, rounds of similar companies at similar stages, stages, and use them and, as a benchmark. And sometimes you'll you'll come up with a different conclusion. And then just to use the ARR and some uh, multiply. So, and I think that in every round, regardless of it's a series, uh, if it's a seed round, series A, series B, founders should be expecting to to lose anywhere between I would say 25 to 35 percent of their company, uh, including uh, some options for for the ease up. Got it. Uh, so the I think the the idea is or or. Our goal as, as founders is just to try to get as much money as possible for uh, for giving away 25 or 30 percent of the company. Yeah. So if you I mean, you tell me if this would be a good deal. If I was a VC and I said, hey, gal, I would offer you a 15 million dollar pre-money valuation, raise five million, you get 20 million posts, you're giving up 25 percent of the business. That's about what, nine or 10 X ARR. Is that a good or bad deal? Would you say? Yes, that's. That's that's probably the average deal. Yeah, yeah. it's probably an average deal, and and it really depends who you are and if you can add more value than just the money or not. Uh, it's, it depends what what VC is going to offer this kind of of, uh, of proposal. But uh, generally speaking, yes, these these are pretty much the numbers. And are you uh, are you, you? I'm curious what the Israeli markets are like. Is there a lot of venture capital available over there? Or are you coming to the states to raise? No, so, so actually there are a lot of, of companies here in Israel, a lot of VCs, and there are a lot of foreign VCs as well. So there's a lot, a lot of money comes from U.S. VCs and in the past two years from, from the Middle East as well, especially from, from China, also from Russia. So actually the ecosystem in Israel is the second largest in the world after, after the U.S. Wow. Uh, in both terms of number of startups and also in the number of, of investments being made here. And is the whole team, uh, is the whole team based in Israel? So not everybody, we have three branches. So we have in Israel, we have some salespeople, some marketing, the GNA, and we and uh, some of the R&D people. We have another R&D center in Ukraine, and we have salespeople in Miami, in Boston, and in about a month and a half, we're gonna have an office in New York as well. Okay, so you got Israel, Miami, Boston, and New York coming shortly. Yes. And what's total team size? We're now 24 people. 24 people. Okay. Take us back to some of the economic kind of customer economics of the business. What are you seeing in terms of gross monthly customer churn or annual churn, if that's easier? Yeah. So actually monthly churn is almost impossible because we do annual subscriptions and, and many times the, the contracts are for two years or three years. Uh, so customers will be able to, to lock the price uh, because it, it, we keep changing the, the price as the product gets better. And as we, can provide more and more uh, value. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's really hard to tell exactly, like the average is being changed uh, from, from month to month. Uh, uh, let me ask it differently then. When you're trying to figure out how much you're willing sure. to spend to acquire a customer, what do you assume their right. lifetime value is gonna be? 
Uh, again, it really, really depends because we have customers that pays us uh, just a few tens of thousands and potentially there are customers uh, there are deals in our space of hundreds of thousands. Uh, so it really, really depends on the customer. I would say that if I need to guess on average, it's probably going to be around um, $50,000 on average, the lifetime value of, of a customer. Okay. And assuming that that's, uh, that's kind of accurate, that's what you're going off of, what are you then willing to spend to acquire that customer? Probably a third of, okay. of this amount. Although today we don't need to spend a third. We spend much, much, much less. And, um, but we, we don't even know yet what the average uh, lifetime value of, of a customer will be. Also, the churn, the current churn right now is actually negative. Uh, because we do have more upsells than, than people. Yeah. That, well, that's why that would be that would be kind of like you have net negative revenue churn. That's why when I asked the question, I said gross customer churn is because I was curious if you've lost any. I mean, have you lost any? Has anyone that was paying you stopped paying you over your over the past 12 months? Yes, we did. We did. We have more than 100 and, and we did uh, uh, lost a few customers because of different reasons. Usually it's simply because it wasn't a, a very good fit. Uh, from the first place. So maybe it was something in the setting the right expectations or just making sure that we have a good coverage in their specific territories that they were looking for, or maybe specific regions in the world where we don't have a good coverage in, in our database. It's very rare, but it did happen a few times. How many companies and do you have, though, yeah. do you have uh, mapped out in, in your platform? So we currently have, I think it's one of the largest databases out there. We currently have about 7 million companies and 77 million business professionals with their verified contact information. And I would say that out of these companies and people, about 80% are based in the U.S. So out of the 77 million people, I think that are about 58, 59 million people are business professionals in the U.S. And what makes you better than call it, you know, PitchBook, CB Insights, DataFox, Mattermark, a bunch of people, Owler, a bunch of people in this space? Do you have like a different data source that you use? Have you built something internal that gets better data or what? Of course. So actually, there are with the ones that you mentioned, there are like many differences. So we have everybody will can be categorized as sales intelligence solutions, but in fact, there are more niches or you can segment this market uh, even further. So you mentioned companies like DataFox and, and PitchBook. So DataFox, PitchBook, CB Insights, uh, Mattermark, all these companies were very focused, at least when they started, they were very focused on helping investors finding the best investment opportunities. Investors and business uh, development or corporate development people for M&A's activities. So because this was the main goal when they started, their database includes mostly technology companies looking to raise money. And so they have about 1 million companies in their databases, all of them together. Usually they use Crunchbase as a benchmark and then they get information about all of these companies. And, and in terms of business professionals, the investors, they don't need to know every single about every single employee in the company or to get phones and emails of decision makers at these companies. So they have about 200,000 uh, people in their database. So we have 7 million companies because we're industry agnostic. So you can find companies from different industries, education, government, nonprofit, manufacturers, and of course, also technology companies. In terms for for people, we also have 77 million business professionals. So we're talking a very different uh, scale because 
we have different purposes. We were we founded the company to help salespeople, not investors. So the focus was different. Although a few of the companies that we've just mentioned did pivot and started to sell to sales teams as well. And what would other, you, yeah. What would, so what would you say? Like you have AOL listed as a customer on your customer page. What if you had to just in one sentence say why they pay you versus paying CB Insights? What would the answer be? Uh, simply a much larger coverage. This okay. would be one thing, a much larger coverage. But it's not just that. It's also the accuracy because we are using a lot more uh, resources than, than others. We actually use two different techniques to, to gather our information. So one is our own web callers. We have powerful web callers that scan the web and look for information at public places. Like so we what? get it from the company websites, business directories, search engines, news website, etc. And every public source that includes includes information about companies and their employees. We'll get it using our powerful web callers. Another method that we're using on top of that is partnerships. So we've partnered with a lot of companies in our space. So I can mention a few with others I cannot mention, but I can mention a few, uh, for example, Crunchbase. So we've licensed their entire database. You can find it on, on Unami, every single company from Crunchbase. And we have a lot more built with Alexa, Zoom Info, and many, many, many others. So we have tons of partners as well to license their data. We aggregate everything together, and then we use a lot of machine learning, natural language processing to do the identity recognition and to match all of these fragment pieces of information into comprehensive profiles. And this is how we're building our, our database. Do you guarantee, if you give someone, say, a 1,000 leads, do you guarantee a correctness rate? Like, will you say less than 10% will bounce? We guarantee 100%. So if you got an email from us or a lead from us, and from any reason the email bounced, you get your full credit back. And it's actually very rare because we ping, we do a real-time verification. Whenever we want to get someone's contact information, when you click that you want to get it, before we show it to you, we will do a real-time verification to make sure that everything that you get from us. Yes, exactly. And if somehow you got a bounce or the email was not deliverable, then you get your full credit back for, for this email. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back -back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also they make it very easy to to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Helps me so much. And by the way, look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings. Okay, I do them back to back. Very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's giving us a 45-day free trial at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever, so go get it now. NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. Got it. Very cool. Well, listen, uh, I want to obviously get into the, the final part of the show, the famous five. Um, let me jump into those. These are quick one-word answers. The first one, Gal, is what is your favorite business book? Hmm. I have many. I think one of my favorites is probably Pitch Anything by Oren Clef. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? 
Mm, no, not right now. No. Num- number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Wow, I have so many. I use Calendly. Yeah, Calendly I really love. And we just started to, zo- to use uh, Zoom US to do web conferences. And I really like it as well. Throw off a few others if you have ones off the top of your head. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're using uh, Yesware, Salesloft. Uh, what else? Uh, Boomerang, I love using. I used to use Reportive, but I think it's not available anymore. Good. Awesome. All right, Top Tribe. Again, we'll stick those resources in the show notes at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top five, four, five. Again, forward slash the top five, four, five. Next question, Gal. Yes or no? Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No, usually not. And what's your situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? I got married three months ago. Congrats. So no kids yet. Thank you. No kids yet? Uh, No kids? No, no kids yet. All right. And how old are you, Gal? I'm 34. All right. Last question. Take us back 14 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Wow. Uh, Just do whatever you love and passionate about and everything will be good. Top Tribe, there you have it. Do what you love. The rest will take care of itself from Gal. He is one of the founders of Unomi. And again, they've raised 3.4 million bucks, looking to potentially raise more here shortly. They're serving 100 customers currently on on average $30,000 per year contracts. We'll do somewhere around 2 million bucks this year. They have unbelievable churn. It's very low. They have net negative revenue churn. They're willing to spend about one third of their lifetime value, which is 50 grand on acquiring the customer. They've got a team of over 24 people across Israel, Miami, and Boston. Gal, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. If you enjoyed Gal today, go back and listen to Eric Boggs yesterday. He runs RevBoss, which did 700 grand in 2015 revenue. Now they're doing 90 grand in monthly recurring revenue, which puts them on pace to do about 1.2 million in ARR to help customers drive new revenue. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.